wickedness, altering the very form of nature. The people cower behind city walls, losing their connections to history and all hope of a better life. But five seasoned adventurers, Allegan, gnome sorcerer, Mativus, Verana Samurai, Nydia, Hag Hedgewitch, Ogan the Anvil, Human Cleric, and Ravy, Half-Orc Magus Librarian, will be called out of retirement to battle monsters and the sickness itself. Speak with the gods above and below and separate myth from truth. Join us for the Great Old Ones. So, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, with, with, with Maya, which is the game, you know, the game world that we are playing in. Uh, we decided to come together and play some Pathfinder um, because we're all, uh, you know, nerdy and like this kind of thing. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And I'm into gaming because it's an escape and it's a really good way to hang out with friends and, uh, and just kind of put some stuff together. So, so that's why I'm here. Um, and I have no idea why you beautiful people have decided to, to join into this insane mess that we're going to get ourselves into. But I am insanely grateful that you've joined uh, me on this journey. And, uh, and, and, and really, you have no idea what this means to me. Maya is, it's my baby. Um, I have not run a game in it uh, in a very long time. And I miss it, and and this is uh, this to me is kind of like when Samwise Gamgee's comes home. Um, this is me coming home, and I'm very excited, and I'm really happy to have you guys here with me for this. Why don't we all introduce ourselves and introduce the characters that we're playing? That's I would love to start. Cool beans. Why don't you start, Jim? This is your idea. My character's name is Ogan the Anvil. He is a cleric of Clang, who is the uh, Hephaestus slash Vulcan of this world. And he's been the town blacksmith for however long we've been uh, retired from adventuring. Big guy with long gray hair and a gray beard, kind of quiet, and a big hammer. Uh, my name is Ma'at, and I am playing Nydia. She appears to be human, freckled like me, pale skin, long, dark brown hair. Um, she is not human, though. She is a hag changeling. And y'all know she's a hag. Um, when y'all met her, she was 12 years old. She didn't even realize she was a changeling at the time, but um, since then she's embraced her hag powers and is trying to use them to, to help you and our community as a midwife and a medic. Um, she also enjoys beekeeping and spending time with her wife, uh, with her wife, Ashra, the tiefling hag and their six-year-old daughter, Bellis. Nice, I dig it. All right, so hi, I'm Tanika. Um, I'm playing Ravy. I will be your half-orc nerdy librarian who sits upon a stack of books all day. Uh, I'm apparently part of the Order of Solaris, is that correct? That is 100% um, correct. <laughs> player like, skills are a little low, but uh, I'm here to help you and um, check the Dewey Decimal System when needed. <laughs> Hey, I'm Maddie, uh, but I'm playing Allegan the Gnome. Short, like most gnomes are, gnomes are, but he's very portly. Uh, he's got this shock of red and gray hair that comes down into big old mutton chops on his face. 
it usually wears a very plush robe for comfort. <clears throat> he is a sorcerer, but oddly, he has this ability to channel positive energy into his spells. So he has been able to heal using a fireball or able to set people on fire. In the time that he's been retired with everybody else, he has actually opened a small shop in Cinderfall. He has started selling kind of the alchemic equivalent of Red Bulls in the town, especially to the loggers who have kind of taken a shine to the little pep that they get. Uh, he also sells odd little trinkets, an orb of wonder. It's basically a little glass ball with different fluids in it that gives it kind of a shimmering, shifting effect. I think I called them mold pets. They don't do anything. They're basically just lumps of mold and slime that look like different animals. And he sells them to kids. Um, it's a chia pet. Basically, it's like a chia pet kind of rock pet hybrid. A rock. It's a pet rock. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he basically, he's just a cheery, jovial little fellow that's just trying to make people happy in the town. And no one's really ever really seen him as like a grifter. It's not like he's trying to pull things over on anybody. He just is a little eccentric weirdo that wants to see a smile on people's face. I'm not Jaden. I'm moving in on this then. Uh, my character's Mativus. He's a Varana, is that how you pronounce it? Monkey people? Yes. Monkey uh, people. Uh, so he's a samurai. Basically when they retired, he became the like the town's main captain of the guard. And uh, he's got two two recruits that he's training up called Biggs and Wedge. Uh, Biggs and Wedge are kind of like Knights of Pluto kind of competent. That's why I'm trying to train them up a bit more. Because yes. like Mativus has always wanted to go get back out there venturing, but he couldn't like just leave the, the village town like without any, any god i love it i love it you guys have created such brilliant characters uh when you know this is for everybody else when, when we came together uh you know all i told them really was that they were playing retired adventurers and uh and, and these guys crafted the most brilliant backstories and these just these really fun well-lived npcs in such in a creative way and they all came at it from slightly different angles and, and, you know, we, we developed this team of PCs that are just delightful. I mean, they're really, like, I'm in love with them all. I think they're wonderful, and, and the characters are so rich and fun. So I'm, I'm really stoked to be able to, to kind of jump into the game and, and, and see where you guys go with them and, and how you develop them even further. This is, oh, this is so exciting. Um, so anyways, the game is called The Great Old Ones, in quotes. Uh, it might be a nod to some sort of, of crafty and occultic lore. Uh, it may not you. You never. Not I. <laughs> um, he says, looking over at all of this. Um, it may You're the only one I know as a signed copy of the Necronomicon. I mean, you know, I go, I go the <laughs> extra mile. Um, it's, it's going to. It might be a play on words. It might just be talking about the characters being a little older, a little bit over the hill. Awesome. All right. Welcome to Maya. Uh, Maya is a planet that's uh, about two and a half times the size of Earth. Um, while a lot of these uh, these D and D stories, these adventures, uh, these Pathfinder adventures, they, they start uh, in a dark corner of a shadowy pub full of like brigands and uh, adventurers armed to the teeth. I'm sure you're all familiar with that kind of uh, dark and stormy night sort of beginning thing. Um, that that's not how this story starts. Um, this one gets rolling in a, in a slightly different, non-traditional sort of way. No! <laughs> it's, a, it's a warm and sunny day. Uh, 
it's it's honestly fairly unremarkable um, from any other day in autumn. Uh, the sun is is playing across the the rooftops of this small idyllic village uh, village named Cinderfall. It's uh, it's close to midday. Uh, bakers are baking. Carpenters are working on various projects. Bees are buzzing. Breeze is kind of gentle, um, and we we find ourselves in uh, in the wooden moon. The wooden moon is a small alehouse. It specializes in uh, honey-based beers and wines, uh, most of them made by local craftsmen. This is a very rural town. Um, any kind of large settlement is at least a week away. And uh, this town is, is kind of on the outskirts, um, but it, it is very idyllic. It's, it's, it's just a very nice, quiet hillside village. Um, you know, the amber light of, of midday is playing through the windows of the wooden moon. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, you can see little motes of dust drifting across this well-worn wooden floor. Um, there's a, there's the smell of like lavender and mint kind of mixing together in the air because there's all these herbal bundles that are hanging from the rafters. And, uh, and Cranston, you guys all actually know Cranston. You've lived in this town for quite some time. Cranston is a, is a middle-aged bartender. His wife, Jenny, um, they're, they're both busy tending to the minor day-to-day kind of needs of such an establishment. Um, now Jenny, uh, she's nearing her, her 30th year of life. She inherited the, the wooden moon from her mother. And her mother actually has an interesting story. She, her mother owned the wooden moon during the time uh, that the locals in Cinderfall called the siege. And the siege was a very dark time. Um, this two-headed ogre uh, rode into town with a band of gnolls basically subjugated all of the people of Cinderfall. He forced them uh, to mine in the Northrend Mountains, which is a, a northern area. It's, it's probably about two and a half days walk north from Cinderfall into a, a more unforgiving area of land uh, that the foothills of these leading to these giant mountainous spirals. They're called the Teeth of the World um, by some cities. Uh, some people know them as that. The Northrend Mountains are what they're kind of known as by the locals. Um, and this ogre and his, his band of gnolls, um, they were in search of a fabled monastery of the god Volkas. Uh, Volkas is a god of travel. Um, and he believed uh, that this, this, the ogre believed that this fabled monastery was founded by a folk legend uh, named Nero. Uh, you know, folk, when I say folk legend, uh, it's very much like we would think of like Paul Bunyan. Or, or you know, um, uh, Calamity Jane, uh, people that might have existed, but their story has become kind of larger than life, and and no one really knows what's real and what's myth. Uh, there's people who've chronicled it, but all of the stories kind of get muddled. Uh, Nero is is a character who's very much like that. Uh, so when people talk about him, it is as if they are talking about uh, you know an urban myth. He he's someone who existed, but he's he's more of a story to tell the children. And this ogre came into town uh, asking where Nero was. And the villagers, of course, were like, what are you talking about? Uh, and he had all these gnolls and they basically gathered everybody up because Cinderfall is not a, it's, it's not a, a warrior encampment. It's, it's, it's bakers, it's woodworkers, it's, it's gardeners. It's, it's just a small rural town. And they were not prepared to fight back against these people. And so they were all taken and dragged up to the mountains and set to work in this uh, in, in this mine trying to find this monastery. And when they got to the mine, they found so much more um, that the ogre decided that, you know, screw the monastery. There's this wealth of, uh, of this material called Starstone. Uh, 
and the party, which was a very good group of adventurers, very skilled, very talented, uh, they could have gone on to do a great many things in Maya. They, they, the world was their oyster. They could have gone out and, and traveled and, and had many more breathtaking adventures. Um, they were all young in their adventuring years and, and you know, they had liberated a small town. They were heroes. Um, and yet, as fate often does, uh, another path was taken. Uh, these local heroes, rather than leaving Cinderfall, they decided to stay. Uh, at first, you know, it was, we're gonna stay and help out. Uh, you know, let, let's help repair some walls and roofs and little Johnny's sick still, so we're gonna tend to him and then, you know, oh, well, these fences need mending and somebody really needs to help repaint this barn. And after a while, you know, days turned into weeks and there was just so much to do. Uh, the months that the town had been under siege, these knolls had made a real mess of things. and. You know, days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months as they do, and then months into years as they do, and then seasons come and seasons go, and eventually these liberating, liberating adventurers, they, they found themselves the newest members of the Cinderfall community. Um, I'm not really sure how it happened. It wasn't, it wasn't as if they had planned to retire in, into this small little village. They all had aspirations and dreams of doing other things, but they just kind of ended up here and it got, it was comfortable and it was nice and the food was good and the people were wonderful and they all made connections and they all made friendships and, and they just kind of settled, uh, which isn't bad. It's just what happens sometimes. And, uh, and that's kind of how it went for a time. They lived their lives and friends were made and drinks were shared and time marched on as it tends to do. Um, and these heroes, they're remembered warmly, but mostly thought of as more of fellow members of the community who meet once a month at this uh, at the Wooden Moon. Um, and originally, these meetings were, you know, to discuss where they would adventure next. And uh, and as time marched on, the meetings became more about, hey, we're gonna have a kid, and uh, hey, uh, look, look at these new things that I've invented, and hey, I just discovered this uh, ancient Sumerian text, and it, it talks about this uh, this recipe for really good uh, lamas bread. Uh, you know, and um, man, these guys are, are really noobs and, and they, you know, somebody should kind of be here and train them on how to better protect the city from the wilds. Uh, or, you know, these horseshoes are really crappy made. I, I, maybe I'll step in and, and make some more horseshoes and, uh, and, and teach these guys kind of how to, how to maybe forge metal a little better. And all of a sudden, the party stayed. And, and that's, that's kind of, that brings us to where we're at. These heroes, they they kind of just started coming to Woodmoon in the recent years as an excuse to get out of the house for a little bit and enjoy a little company and kind of shoot the shit with their friends and uh, and and then go home and continue on with their lives and uh, Cranston and his wife Jenny they they tend to leave them be they only fill the cups when necessary and and not out of worry or fear that they leave them be but more out of respect and tradition at this point. Um, and everyone in town knows that the first day of the new month, these friends will gather to discuss life and share a few drinks and a little meal and perhaps a pastry or two, um, maybe a new bottle of Mr. Grimshaw's honey wine or something. And, and that's, that's how they live. That's their tradition. Um, and that's you guys. You guys are here at this table looking at each other, uh, 
Jenny's just poured the the second round. She sat down a, a platter of spiced apples and had of our cheese, which is a local delicacy. It's made out of um, wood yak milk and birch spices. And uh, and she's kind of put it before you, and you know she smiles warmly, and then kind of leaves. And there you are. You're all sitting at the table, looking at each other, and uh, we're ready to roll. Hey, Jenny. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes. How's Cranston? How's his cold? Oh, it's. He's getting better. That that uh, queen bee honey that you gave us, it really helped. We mixed it with the tea, just like you said, and a few of the firma leaves, and he seems to be doing fine. The cough has subsided a lot. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. We really appreciate all you do. And she kind of smiles and then goes back off to finish brushing down one of the giant casks. It looks like they've gotten the new shipment in of some of the um, new honey meat. So she's kind of getting that all set up. She seems to be of the two, the workhorse. Uh, mostly because stature-wise, she's a little bit tougher. Um, Cranston's a little bit on the meek side, but you know, they love each other. It's not like they judge. So you guys are uh, just kind of sitting at the table, um, enjoying each other's company. And uh, I want I want everybody to throw me a perception check. All right, so the rest of you, things are progressing as normal. It's just a normal day. But you two, there's a, there's a sudden shift in the air. Um, there's a sense of unease. It's like the feeling of um, kind of like when a storm is going to come, when it's going to break, but there's no thunder or lightning yet. You can just kind of feel it. It's just kind of there. Uh, for maybe two or three heartbeats, there's no sound of bugs, no dogs, no birds. Uh, it's not the silence of like when a predator is stalking. It, it's something else. It's something strange. Um, doesn't alarm you as much as it makes you uncomfortable, makes you uneasy. Uh, kind of if, if an elevator goes down too fast and your stomach drops out, but you were just sitting there. It only lasts a few seconds and then everything, sound, all of it, sensation, returns to normal. Uh, but you guys, if you were in the middle of a conversation, you just stop, like you can, something has affected you. Anybody else got hair standing up on the back of their neck? Mm. Nope, nothing. Too much ale? I'm only on the second round. It, uh, yeah. it's chilling. So, uh, uh, and, and so, um, uh, Nydia puts her wrist up to your forehead. So, fever? <laughs> I, you feel fine to me. Perhaps you shouldn't have a third? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I am getting old. No, that doesn't. Something's not right. No, I found it too, man. Mm, I'm going to cross myself in the okay. side of my in the side of my deity. Okay. You know, the way the way some people do for luck, you know. It's a uh, the symbol of clang is actually uh, taking both of your fists, uh, putting them about eye level, and touching them together at the bridge of your nose. So that would I, be that would be the equivalent. That's of what I do. Clang clang watches. <laughs> Um, uh, is the door open to the Wood Moon Inn? It's interesting that you say that. The door to the Wooden Moon opens. <laughs> Literally the next line. <laughs> <laughs> the door to, to the Wooden Moon opens. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's without the traditional peal of thunder. Clash hey, of close the door. <laughs> hey, you're letting a draft in. You're letting a draft in. <laughs> yeah, the sunny day draft we're getting. <laughs> 
it's it's actually really weird um, because everybody knows everybody in this town. It's such a small town. The population is really tiny, um, and everybody knows everyone by name and face. Uh, and you know, if it was anybody else, the figure would have generally gone unnoticed. However, because it's such a small town, the presence of an outsider is akin to I don't know blood on the snow. Um, that you know, the, it's kind of a funny example because the guy you see is dressed mostly in white. Uh, walking into the wooden moon as a young man, uh, nearing you know 23-ish years of life, he's dressed in white robes. Um, they're dusty from travel. His blonde hair is cut close to his head. Uh, he's being backlit by the afternoon sun, uh, so it almost gives him like a halo appearance as he walks in. Uh, he has uh, small round spectacles. Uh, they frame his kind of bookish face. And he's leaning ever so gently on a five-foot metal walking stick capped with a copper owl. Uh, looks very out of place. Can I, uh, okay. roll, can I roll uh, uh, knowledge uh, religions? Oh, there's so many rolls you guys can make right now. you got knowledges. Let's let them have it. We'll start with Jim. Go. What do you got? Okay, let me, uh, I have uh, knowledge arcana and knowledge religion. Let me uh, check those real quick. I just have to okay. get the right tab up. Okay, this is my knowledge religion role. Okay. Nah, not so much. Uh -uh. <laughs> knowledge, knowledge arcana. Ten, mm. little better. He, he's definitely not of the arcane. I'm and going to roll religion and arcana as well. Go for it. Uh, but can I also add history? Yes, please do. Thank you. So we're going to be synergizing. I can roll religion, arcana, and I could throw in the planes. Yeah, I've got that too. Let's see what happens. Okay, okay, so let's, we got some, we got oh. some developments. We got some developments. Nika's got some serious knowledge with those roles. <laughs> I love it. I love she knows it. this guy's last name, his area code, his shoe size. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Well, listen, I've dated, okay? <laughs> okay, so let me get, let me see what we got, we got. Okay, so your knowledge arcana, there's nothing arcane about this fellow at all. He is he would be, uh, if, if Arcane was uh, was left, he's right. Okay. Okay, he's just not, not Arcane in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, knowledge religion, uh, the, the staff, um, it has a figurehead, and it's the symbol of the owl. Uh, the owl is kind of a strange and enigmatic god. It's a, it's, it's a god who isn't concerned with, uh, who's more concerned with uncovering great mysteries than than doing works of posterity. Um, it's more of a god of knowledge and wandering. Um, normally depicted as a uh, obsidian owl or a copper owl. Or sometimes this really strange, small kind of um, gangly creature uh, in a hooded cloak um, and bare feet, larger hands and feet than normal, giant owl-like eyes on a human face with, with mats of hair. Uh, very disheveled, almost as if an owl was trying to look human, is what this, the, the deity looks like. But that's definitely the symbol that he's wearing. Um, historically, uh, followers of the owl have been living inside of walled cities since the Great Sickness, which uh, plagued Maya for quite a few years. Uh, most of the quote-unquote civilized races uh, of uh, elves, humans, dwarves, gnomes, um, they they walled themselves up inside of great cities surrounded by massive walls and um, stayed away from from the outside world. And so 
this would be one of the uh, the pharaoh races, as they're sometimes referred to, uh, one of one of their deities, and not somebody that you you would be seeing out in the wild, especially this far from a uh, you know it look in the finery that he's in, uh, this far away from from a civilized uh, walled city. So that that seems just out the gate really weird to you. Well, you brought up the great sickness, and that's what Nydia is concerned about. She, well, for one thing, she's concerned about their health. How are they? How is this? How is he doing? But then also, could he be bringing in the great sickness into our community? It's a good question. But let me jump to Maddie real quick because he threw some rolls, and then I will. I would because your seventeen medicine roll will yield some interesting results. <laughs> Uh, Arcade, you don't know anything, Maddie. Looking okay. at you, got no idea. Uh, now, knowledge planes. Um, he's the the owl is uh, is one of the spectral travelers, one of the four main deities who travels across the plains. He's bearing a sigil of one of those travelers, but past that, you're you're not getting that. That's about all you know. You recognize it, uh, but that's pretty much where it's at. Okay. Um, 13 is not going to give you much more either. Uh, <laughs> now, medicinal-wise... No, that's cool. I see you throwing dice. Medicinal-wise, uh, he he doesn't look sick. He does look like maybe he hasn't eaten. He does look like... Um, have you seen a person who's very excited uh, to, to the degree that maybe they work themselves up so much that they're kind of sleepy? Because they're just so... They're so full of joy and 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 excitement and wonder. Uh, he looks like that kind of um, his skin is kind of glowy. His 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 mouth is in a grin. Uh, he looks like he could probably use some sleep and maybe something to calm his nerves. Not That's because not the great sickness at all. No, not at all. It, it, he looks he's he looks like he's just happy to be here, which is very odd. So that's that's about all you get. Now. Uh, real quick, he's coming from one of these walled-off cities. You don't know. Uh, okay, Matt that's G. usually where I am. Definitely, uh, my interest is peaked up straight away because obviously I'm the town guard. There's a new person in town. I've been waiting for some excitement, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to him. No, it makes sense. Um, you want to throw me a perception roll? Uh, yep. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. That's what I was looking for. Okay. So you notice walking up to this guy, all of his traveling gear seems brand new, like brand new. Uh, you know, it looks like maybe a week total travel has been put on this gear. Uh, Fell off it, the back of a wagon. It, it, well, it, yeah, it just looks like it looks like he he went and bought it, and he it was like a, a camper. You know, somebody who goes to one of those big box camping stores and buys all of the camping gear and then goes out camping. <laughs> In the backyard. Not ready for his trip. No, not at all. <laughs> he looks like he's carrying stuff that maybe isn't even practical. Like he's just uh, he's just overloaded with everything the guy in the store sold him. Um, and uh, he, he also ha- does anybody have any herbology knowledges? I have alchemy. Doesn't the hat? Doesn't the changeling? Uh, probably, but it's not something that I put on my skills thing. Okay. Jesus! Well, I didn't know. No, not you. <laughs> oh, jeez! Right? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's almost a 30. Holy Alex, you are level 7. <laughs> That's impressive. Hey, I'm not real strong, but I'm... This is not our first rodeo. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so the hems of his robe are stained with pink and yellow, with pink and yellow splotches. And these <clears> splotches are uh, most closely found uh, from stagweed, which is a flowering plant that grows along the marshlands between uh, the, the closest walled city, known as Baroni, and uh, the foothills of the northern mountains. So that would be about traveling-wise, you're gauging about a week away. So it looks like he's been tra- traipsing through <laughs> the little, you know, the underbrush. Uh, but you can, the stains are, are very bright pink, very bright yellow, and they're kind of staining the whole bottom of his white robes. Um, so it's very noticeable. And what was it called? Uh, it's called Stagweed. Stagweed, okay. Yeah, stagweed. So I believe, as you guys are all kind of staring at this dude, as is everyone else who's in here, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mativus, right? Am I saying that right? Mativus? Yeah. Okay, Mativus is making, I'm, I'm guessing you're making your way over to him. Yeah, I can't like wait for like, him to uh, get to the bar kind of thing, and then I'll rock up. And okay. I would like to, as well, noticing that he's hungry. Yeah. So, uh, so as you guys are kind of staring at him, the uh, the young man he looks around sheepishly. He uh, he clearly notices that he's the subject of everyone's attention, um, you know. And uh, he pushes his his circular spectacles up over the bridge of his nose. And, uh, and as you guys are all staring, and uh, Cranston kind of waves at the newcomer, and he says, well, well, hello there. Uh, welcome to the Wooden Moon Ale House. Uh, how may we help you today? And all of you, that strikes you as kind of weird because you're so used to living in a town where there really isn't any travelers or outsiders <laughs> that he never has to launch into like a welcome to town kind of situation. So this is kind of a, it's almost like he's been waiting years to test this out. Um, <laughs> It's not his bar by rights. It's actually his wife, wife's bar. Um, she just lets him work there. She's the one that inherited from from her mother. So uh, he just gets to, you know, but you can clearly see he really likes the job. Everything's clean and he, he does the whole thing with the cleaning of the glasses with the rags and likes to study small talk in the evening. So he has interesting facts to tell people about how children don't develop kneecaps until the third year of their life. You know, it's weird stuff. Uh, he's one of those guys. So uh, the, the young man, he smiles and he kind of charges towards the bar and, uh, and, and, and flops down into uh, one of the bar stools. And he says, uh, um, yes, uh, hello, um, hi, my name is Gregory, he says, extending a hand to, you know, to Cranston. And he says, uh, um, Father Gregory, and, uh, and I'm actually, uh, I'm not sure how you can help me, uh, to be completely honest with you. And the young man kind of, you know, Father Gregory, he reaches towards a side and he, he pulls one of his, his various brand new uh, traveling satchels around and he starts fumbling through it. And you guys are all just, everybody's watching this dude because it's just completely out of, uh, you know, out of the blue. And he starts fumbling around in his bag. Uh, go ahead. I, I think you look pretty hungry. Uh, Cranston, why don't you get him some of your, your famous finger foods? I, I've never eaten fingers before. Are they delicious? <laughs> no. no, no, sweetie. <laughs> They're just bite-sized food. You'll be fine. Oh, tiny foods. Oh, wait, hold on. And he reaches into his other, uh, you know, one of these other satchels and he's, he's picked it around and he pulls out this small notebook. It also looks very brand new. And uh, he pulls out a small uh, inkwell, traveler's inkwell, and a small quill and he writes down your fingers. 
tiny foods. She's taking notes and closes it up, puts it back in. Thank you very much. I would like to try your finger foods. Uh, also, and he's shuffling around, he pulls out this uh, folded uh, stack of vellum. He begins to unfold it. And you can see it's, it's this large, unwieldy map. Uh, and anybody have knowledge uh, nature or knowledge geography? Got a minus one, but I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah give it a go, man. I do. Nice. I rolled a 20 on the uh, geography and a 12 on the nature. All right, so we're going to go with you guys. So the rolls are going to have to be higher for the people not at the bar. So I know... I got a 24. I know... Nature. Yeah, Mativus is at the bar. And is it's Nydia, right? Yeah. Nydia and Mativus are at the bar. So you guys can see... Both of you are high enough. You can see that this map is wholly inaccurate. Um, it is... It looks like somebody has the basic idea of where the major uh, land masses were or are, uh, but it's incredibly out of date. There's paths that don't exist anymore. There's parts of the forest that have burned down. Uh, there's parts of the forest that have regrown. There's cities that were wiped off the map or reclaimed by nature. They, this he's, he's working with sea charts in an age of uh, smartphones. As he gets out his map, I'll, like, I'll take a quick glance at it, and then I'll like, I tap on it and go, Gregory, was it? Uh, where are you hailing from? Uh, I come from, from Veroni, and I am looking for this town right here. And he's pointing at it, and he goes, uh, and, and you can see uh, in, in Old Helic, which is kind of like your common tongue, uh, the fair races use a form of it. All of them kind of use a written form of it. They have their ancestral languages, but Helic is kind of their uh, universal tongue. Um, it, it's a it's called Cinder uh, Falling. Cinder Fall. I'm looking for us, uh, the town of Cinder Fall. Huh. Uh, I laugh. I pat him on the back and go, oh, sweetie, you're here right now. He found oh. it. Wonderful. Oh, I kind of give, give you a look like, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I look like everybody's being really chummy with this guy. Right. <laughs> seems seems odd. I'm just like, what's your business with Cinder Fall? Oh, oh, hold on one second. Uh, and he's, he's trying to fold the map, and he, he seems to have almost gotten distracted from your question by folding the map. Uh, and Cranston's looking at him, and Jenny's looking at him, and everybody in the bar is looking at him, and you guys are looking at him. Because... Uh, well, he's fiddling with that. I'm going to throw a quick sense motive just to see if this guy is... Okay, ...honestly being... Oh, I got no idea. <laughs> That's a, give me, you sense no traps. <laughs> I'll get one of those as well. Yeah, go for it. My good friend Greg. <laughs> you since <laughs> even less. <laughs> since I'm unsure of his motive, how about, I do, uh, how, about how about a how about with a nineteen? Do I sense some motive? No, you you're not sensing anything. <laughs> what were you doing, Mativus? What's happening? Since he's uh, ruffling through his bags and stuff, I'm just gonna be like straight. I was like, and Greg, it's just a it's just a normal thing we do. I need any uh, weapons you're carrying, or yeah. Why are you staying in the town? Oh, the I I I, I don't have any weapons. I uh, my sisters they're trained in the martial uh, arts, not myself. Uh, I I just have uh, you know my faith to protect me. Uh, that's all. Um, Your Jim, sisters traveling with you? No, no, no. They're they're back in in Veroni. They're part of the 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 Duke's royal guard. All three of them. 
I'm the youngest of three sisters. Do you have any siblings? I have them. They're wonderful and horrible at the same time. My father, uh, he was actually a bookmaker. My mother was a blacksmith. They, wonderful easy, people. Cracker, easy. How's, Cran <laughs> How's Cranston doing with the food? Oh yeah, Cranston's brought up cheese plate. He's pouring a, a glass of honeyed wine. He, he, he seems thrilled to have someone new. Uh, and he doesn't know what this guy orders because everybody orders something regular. So you can see that he's slowly been putting plates just in front of him. Uh, but Gregory doesn't seem to notice. And Jenny's seeming to get a little irritated that he's wasting all the product on this complete stranger. And she's, she's like, he doesn't need that. Just stop. Just that's enough food. Stop. We don't even know if he can pay. They're having kind of a little, no, I wouldn't say argument, but it's more like, what are you doing, you idiot? Um, I pick up one and I eat it. And, and uh, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah, it um, is. is there some sort of uh, equivalent to, uh, I don't want to say speed, but maybe speed or some sort of a stimulant in this uh, milieu here? Because <laughs> oh, every, everything you've told me is uh, is like pointing to the fact that he is some sort of on some sort of stimulant or something like that. Uh, there are all sorts of alchemic components that can be combined in all sorts of interesting ways. There are all sorts of nefarious individuals who deal all sorts of crazy things. So yes, it is not outside of the realm of possibility. But she, and I was going to tell you with that with that role that you had earlier, the, I, I believe it was nineteen, the sense motor role. Mm -hmm. You are just reading unabashed joy. Uh, you know, as a, as a cleric, mm -hmm. as somebody who's been around people, he seems more like somebody has finally let him outside to play and he has never seen any of this before and just seems lost in the wilds, as it were. I'm we going know. to approach oh, the bar. Okay. Because he said his father is a bookmaker, so yes. I'm going to address him. So, what is your family's name again? Oh, my, my name is Father Gregory Tobias. Uh, my, my father's name is Herman, Herman Tobias and uh, he is a bookmaker uh, out of the you know, city of Veroni. Um, you know, that, is, that is what he does. I'll bring you to Cinderphone, writing a book. Well, no, no, actually, uh, I, I was sent here. I, I was sent here, actually. Um, I'm, hold on, hold on, let me see, let me see. And he's, he's rifling through his notes, and he goes back to his notebook, he puts it in his pouch, he pulls out a different notebook, he puts it in his pouch. He's digging through his bag, he's digging through his bags, and he goes, um, um, Yes, ah, right here. And he pulls out the strip of paper. Who is at the bar currently? Me. I'm still at the table watching all this. All right. So I want everybody at the bar to throw a spot check. Perception. And while we're doing that, I pop, uh, I put a little um, uh, cucumber sandwich in his hand for him okay. to eat. He, he mindlessly eats it while staring. All right. Good. Um, Mativus, your name is on the piece of paper he's pulled out, as is the names of your friends. You're the only one that rolled high enough to see it because it's kind of a scrawled sketch. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you six seconds, which is around. I'm gonna take take it off him. Take take the piece of paper off of him. Yeah. Okay. And just say who sent you. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mativus, slow down here. Last time people came to this place, it was to take it over. So I'm very cautious. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, uh, do you do you know these people? Uh, I, I'm currently looking for them. Um, uh, see, uh, the, the high bishop, uh, he he ordered me to come to the town. It's all very hush hush. I'm I'm on a special assignment from from, and he kind of leans into you. 
from Duke Braille? Yes, I can tell it's very hush-hush by the way you're telling everyone that you've never met before in this bar everything, yes. And every, of course I laugh. He, he leans in even further and so, uh, you can all still hear him, but you can tell that he's trying to exert effort to be stealthy. He's very bad at stealthy. He failed his stealth. I, uh, I place my hand onto the top of my air, the hilt of my sword, and like, how do you know these names? Oh, I can't tell you. I have to find them. The, the Duke sent me to find them. It's very important. It's a very, there's a problem, and we've been asked to find these people and bring them to the city. Do you know these people? Could you, could you show me to these people so I can find them? What do we know about Veroni? Honestly, you guys, I, I mean... We never made it that far? You never made it that far. I mean, you you know of it. You know it's the closest walled city. You got the Cinderfall. You guys are... Okay, so a little bit of backstory about the Great Cinderfall. Um, the plague. Uh, there were those who were in the walled cities, and they basically walled themselves in. Anybody else who was outside of a city by the time they closed the doors, built the walls and what have you, were left outside. Um, most of those people kind of became fodder for the wild things that were out there. The ones that didn't, for one reason or another, uh, they just kind of continued to live and thrive and exist uh, in these small settlements. Now that's the fair races. The orc kingdoms grew exponentially. They had a renaissance. They uh, high art was created. They they became incredibly cultured what in a typical fantasy setting you would see as an elven society uh, without all the pomp and circumstance is is now what an orc society looks like uh, where an elven society is is much more um, locked down they stay inside their glades they have walled cities of wood uh, the dwarven societies they stay inside their mountains uh, gnomes don't really have a homeland so they were kind of trapped in wherever they ended up uh, halflings were the same way humans built these giant walled cities everybody kind of as it sucks but everybody kind of became xenophobic the orcs kind of prospered um and and anybody who lived outside of these walled cities after you know their their generation or two that were out there survived everything kind of went back to okay normal except everybody just kind of lived a rural life and it was very kind of peaceful and people would get sick and then you would have to kind of cast them out into the wilds but for the most part uh, if you could stay away from the plants that would make you ill, if you could stay away from the larger-than-life animals that seemed to develop and thrive when the sickness was around, they, you know, these, these small places like Cinderfall, like other towns that you guys have been to or are from, um, kind of prospered in their own sort of weird, quiet, slow sort of way. So you're not really familiar with how things work in those cities. Um, so the I, sickness happened while we were adventuring. Uh, yes, the sickness was going on while you were adventuring. So, no. anything else on this bit of paper that I can see? Is it just our names? It's just your names. It looks like it's been scrawled in a, ha uh, in a, in a hasty hand. There's kind of a doodle of what appears to maybe be uh, a rabbit or a chicken. He's not really good as an artist, but it looks like he kind of scribbled something in the corner. Um, but it looks, you know, it looks as if he was speedily taking notes and somebody gave him these names and, and pinned it to his his jacket sleeve like he would pin mittens to a child and sent him out into the wilds to track down these names. Okay, I, I let him know that I'm a teamless. <gasps> I you found one. Oh, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, do, do you 
know where these other people are. It depends. <laughs> I laugh. It depends on the nature of your visit. Oh, I, I really, I really need to speak with them. You see, um, I'm not really allowed to speak about it, but the high bishop, the, the high bishop has sent me on orders. It's, it's all very hush hush. Uh, but, but I need to find these people for the Duke of Braille. It's the first time he's ever entrusted me to do something, and I got to leave the city to do it. Um, are, are we the only ones in the bar other than the proprietor? No, there's other people here. Oh, okay. And, and everybody seems real interested in whatever the hell is going on. Yeah, even when he's whispering, everybody in the bar can hear him. Oh, yeah, he's very, he's not stealthy. He's just a, he's not. So when he okay. says our names, everyone's looking at us. Oh, hey, he's seen. No, he hasn't said. Nobody said the names on okay. the list yet. So only okay. Matthias has said I'm on the list, and he kind has grabbed the finger food and like kind of gently grab like the back of his thing to turn him around and start <laughs> taking towards the table. Okay. So you guys see him doing this? Uh, I'm gonna ask Matthias on the list. Yeah. Hey guys, my house is like. Hold on. One minute down the road. We, maybe we should pop over there if we're going to. Um, Interrogate this guy. <laughs> I start to put him in a, in a seat, but then as you say that, just kind of lift him back up. Towards <laughs> the door. I think he's he giving you a nod. <laughs> Let me throw it. Hold on. And I, and I pass. I pass you the paper and say we're on it. Oh. He looks at. Awkward. Okay, so he looks at. Um, now is it is it Riva? How how do we pronounce it? It's uh, Ravi. Ravi. Okay, he looks at Ravi. And he goes, this is all quite exciting, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to stand up and say, it sounds like trouble to me, young man. Oh, I'm, no. going to, I'm going to go refill my tankard. It is. There's so much trouble. Where are we going? <laughs> oh, We're going to go really... find a more comfortable place to talk, Gregory. Let's... I pay the bill. Okay. It's always the same price, no matter what you guys eat. That's just a matter of... Uh, respect and thanks. Uh, it's it's four copper. So that's all it's ever been. No matter what you guys order, it's always four copper. <laughs> Does Ogin get to bring his newly filled flask or his newly filled goblet with him? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> of course. I'm okay. going to be sticking close to Mativius as he's dragging this guy out as I want to I'm know why our names are on this list. If we're, as we're stepping out of well, the... Well, walking him on. out. Right. Yeah. As we're stepping out of the tavern, do we see the sisters he referred to? No, not at all. It's it, nothing out. It's a it's an idyllic day. And uh, I'm gonna throw a quick detect magic just to see if he's given off anything. Okay. Do I need to actually roll a? No, I mean I'm looking at I'm okay. looking at the chart. Sorry, I'm, give me a second. I'm looking through his chart. Okay, his. It's been a while. You start to concentrate. There's a brief whiff of ozone. Uh, the figurehead on his staff, the owl, mm -hmm. is radiating some big bad magic. Uh, not not bad as a okay. negative, <laughs> but just big, big Wahidas magic. Something something big and powerful. Right. And then the boots that he's wearing are radiating some minor, uh, you know, lower okay. kind of tingly magic. But that that uh. That, that that figurehead lights up like a like a Fourth of July kind of firework. It's very bright in the not. I mean, you guys can't see it, but the octarines. Right. Uh, yes, Discworld is very important. Uh, <laughs> I live my life by it. There are Christians and there are people like me who follow the disc. Um, so the octarine is very important. If you read the Discworld novels, uh, I suggest all of you do it. 
all of them. They're wonderful. Uh, that's incredibly important. So that's how people see magic. Uh, if you can detect magic or um, do any kind of uh, detection effects that would let you see an aura, uh, that's how things work in Maya when you use detection spells. So you'll see them in the Octarine, which is the magical kind of headspace. So this is on his staff, kind of? Yeah, on the figurehead of the staff. So, yeah. um, okay. And he's quite yeah, young still. I kind of perceive this as kind of a weapon, so I kind of like... Well, you're not you're not actually seeing the magic because when Allegheny casts it, because he's the one that casts the spell, he's the only one that's able to perceive what he's detecting. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm throw you guys a side eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Throw you guys a side eye as I'm like, that's a really cool owl statue. How'd you get that? Oh, this this was given to me uh, by the High Bishop when he sent me out uh, on my quest. Uh, we we all drew straws. There's been uh, I think Bruce Marshall. Thomas and Phil and David and uh, let's see Sabrina. And, let's let's uh, stick with you, Gregory. How did you get that statue? Oh no! So when we were all sent out to find uh, from, from to find you guys, actually, I can't believe I'm the one that found you. This is so exciting. Uh, we were all given uh, holy symbols uh, of the owl uh, to guide us in our travels, and 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 mine. Uh, mine was broken, and they just kind of cobbled it to the top of the staff. It came from this. Uh, this crypt that was under the city uh and you know uh, everybody else got brand new items and i i of course drew the short straw so they gave me this hand-me-down um and then that was how i ended up with this but i like it i, I think it i think it suits me it, it makes me happy it fills me with a with, with a little bit of comfort and, and and you know it always it weirdly keeps the rain off my head and he just kind of stares at it and smiles yes it's a very good thing it's a good thing i i ask if uh he saw any of the sickness, any of the flowers? You know, I thought I would. I have all of these poultices and uh, he, he starts to stop. Um, Mativus, do you keep kind of pushing him along? Yeah, just like a okay. <laughs> It looks like he's, he's going to pause for a moment to launch into another story. Oh, oh, uh, I have I have all sorts of, uh, of guards and, 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 and different things that they've given me to treat the sicknesses. Uh, but you know, strangely, it is not as bad out here as, as you'd, find, you'd think. Um, I encountered a viper, uh, and it didn't even bite me. And uh, and I thought I had encountered some of the yellow mold. Uh, the, the, the sickness is normally on. Uh, when I woke up one morning, I, I fell asleep in the middle of the night. And, and when I woke up, I was uh, I, my head was very close to a couple of those strange... Um, uh, they grow out of the, the ground. They look... Um, what are they called? They look kind of phallic. I don't know what they are, but they, they had all the little yellow spores that they warn you about. And uh, and for some reason, uh, not a single one of them came loose and uh, and, and, and stuck to me. I, d- I don't know why. Uh, but yes, uh, strangely enough, I, I have not encountered any of the sickness on all of my travels. And I thought it would be nice to see someone uh, with the illness, just to talk to them. Uh, of course, not to catch it, but just to talk to them. And I, and I, and I haven't seen anyone. I kind of stopped it a little bit. Okay, how many days have you been traveling? Fourteen. Hello? I said it was only a week walk, but but uh, but uh, I believe I traveled in a straight line. But I seem to have uh, arrived here. Fourteen. My map. I'm not sure. Fourteen. I uh, by my count, though, fourteen days. By yourself. Yes. Without incident. Yes. Despite um, sleeping next to the spores. Yes. Nice owl you got there. So. Yes. <laughs> once we yeah once we uh, get to my house. Uh, we're all inside. <laughs> Look at Gregory. Gregory, uh, and sorry, I'm still learning character names here. Uh, 
the the Batavis, uh really needs to do a, a background check on everybody. So if you could give him a full detailed background on yourself. <laughs> Excuse me and my holy friend over here. And I'm gonna pull Ogan aside real quick. I'm good. I roll my eyes as he says this and take a big swig as I am doing that. <laughs> And I'd like to do a full physical exam as well. Okay. So you're... Okay, so let's, let's run through it. Um, Ogan <laughs> and... I like to pace in front of him, <laughs> hand on him. <laughs> if I'm not taking my eyes off him, giving him the stare. So Ogan... I'm kind of twitching. Ogan and Allegheny have kind of stepped off into one corner. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong again. Ravi? Is it right? It's Ravy. 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 Like Raven. Ravy. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to make a note just because the A and the E are throwing me, which is totally <laughs> cool. Let me grab, let me make a little note for myself. I don't want to mess it up again. Okay. So, uh, Mativus is pacing. Uh, Nydia is, is giving him a physical exam, which he doesn't seem to be opposed to, not because it, it's, it's weird or anything, more that he just is so enamored with being in the world uh, and just seems genuinely excited about life. Um, Ravi, what are you doing? I'm going to talk to him a little bit more. Okay. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this bookmaker father of yours, has he released anything recently? Oh, no. No, no. He just makes the books. He actually, he doesn't write at all. I don't even... I, to be completely honest with you. Who does uh, he make them for? Oh, uh, there's there's these grand libraries uh, inside of, of Veroni. Um, the the Solaris, uh, the, the, the Order of Solaris, they have a, a grand library that's there. Uh, it's ancient, ancient library. Um, but a lot of it, uh, for some reason, got water damage, and there was mold. And so there's a group that's in the city that's transcribing the ancient tomes into new tomes. And they had to get somebody to make new tomes. And he used to work with leather and a lot of cowhide and his father grew up in a slaughterhouse and there was a lot of pigskin and whatnot. So anyways, they learned to make vellum and then when they were putting that together, they, they contracted him. Um, they actually met him through uh, my mother, who was the blacksmith, who was building the new hinges for the doors and helping them put new uh, uh, facets onto the shelves because metal. Interesting, go on about the books, dear. <laughs> so so, so they, he, he makes these books and they're blank and then they take the books into the ancient library and they are, they've are they been transposing them and there's there's history books and there's uh, romance novels. I believe those they call those artist rippers. They're very salacious, I've heard. I don't read them. My sisters love them. I don't touch them though. Uh, little, little, whew. Um, and then uh, there's cookbooks. I love those. There's lots of cookbooks in there. Uh, there's these so things. So you've called, been in uh, the library. Yes, yes. Uh, my favorite section is something called the Grimoire section. Uh, they have all of these books in languages that I can't read that have all these funny pictures and, and scripts. And there's things about uh, the, the necromancies, and there's things about the, the, the pyromancies, and there's hydromancies. There's a lot of mancies, lots and lots of mancies. There's all sorts of mancies in these in these books and I, and I like the pictures they're great pictures i i fancied myself to be an artist for a while but 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 my mother said that i needed to find a lucrative trade hence the reason i joined the church um they pay much better than uh than painting on canvas she says uh but but i have watercolors would you like to see my watercolors and no, he thank you. hands on his lips they're like on a ceiling and say 
Why are you here? Sorry. I'm like, and I've got all kinds of plows to fix and armor to fix from the Royal Guard. The harvest season is coming up. I have a lot of work to do. Can we just get on and find out what this young man needs? Well, that's what I was going to ask. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember as much about the holy texts as you do. So I just wanted to try and ask and figure out what the owl's deal is. Uh, does he have hidden temples underneath his newer temples? What? I'm getting something off of that owl, and I don't know what it is. And I was it's probably some sort of warding, warding or protection spell, I would imagine. I mean, he slept right next to the yellow mold and didn't get the sickness. It's some sort of protective ward. I mean, would you send an acol- a young acolyte like this out into the woods without some sort of protection? I wouldn't. I wouldn't send at least six acolytes. That's the other thing. He was looking specifically for our city, but they sent out at least, what did he name, five, six other people? Did you see his map? I didn't. Is it bad? It's a bad map. They don't know where Cinderfall is? guess not. But their ward works better than anything that I've heard of as fending off the sickness. Yeah, you would you would actually know that there is there is no conceivable way that someone should be able like whatever magics or powers are protecting this idiot uh, there's no conceivable way anyone would have survived that close of an encounter. That's why I'm so suspicious. Yes. Yeah. So either... And that's why I'm so interested. Either they don't know what they gave him, or he's a little more important than people want to let on to him. I think we should listen to what he has to say. I agree. So as you guys are... And and I... I I apologize, Tim. I know we're talking... In front of you, like you're not here. I'm so sorry. Are you comfortable? No, actually, we we went off into like another room, so I think we're like yelling through the house. Yeah. <laughs> he he seems uh, incredible. You know, he, he seems touched that you're asking about his well-being, but he seems incredibly uh, in, in kind of incredibly uh, excited. It seems like you guys could you guys could poke him with needles and he would be fine with it. He's just he seems very into everything that's going on. Uh, Motivus had asked him why he was here and to get to the point. And so he he reached into his bag and he pulled out a scroll and it's got a wax seal on it. Uh, and he pulls out the scroll and he says, uh, he runs his finger over the wax seal. He says, why I'm here, why I'm here. And he, he stands up and you can tell that maybe he's tried to, uh, to do this in front of a mirror a couple of times. <clears throat> I'm gonna plop down at a pile of pillows and just... <laughs> And he unfurls this scroll. <clears throat> um, gr- greetings, um, <clears throat> greetings, noble adventurers. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, here we are. I, Duke Camden Braille, invite you to the Palace of Ronia as honored guests. Uh, we are currently experiencing a bit of a sorted situation and would be deeply in your debt if you were to make the trip and honor us with your presence. Father Gregory, oh, that's me. Uh, Father Gregory can go into greater detail of our current situation. Uh, The Royal House of Veronia thanks you in advance for your help with this matter 
and looks forward to seeing you. And then he turns it around. It's signed right here by Duke Camden Braille. And, and that's the royal seal. I gotta just fold my arms, lean back a little bit. My tail's like kind of chin on my chin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what is the situation back where you're from? Uh, yes, please go into greater detail. Oh, I also, I give him a little... <laughs> he rolls it up. Can I keep this? Yes. Excellent. And he puts it back in his way. Um, yes. Um, are you all, how familiar are you with someone calling himself uh, Hagrith, the Lord of Chains? Uh, any religion knowledge, occult knowledge, uh, history knowledge, throw it. Going for it. Roll. Tevious, <laughs> I love you. You don't have any knowledge. Of- you said you said uh, history as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about Arcana? No, Arcana is not going to get you anything. Okay, just uh, history, oh, religion. I thought I got a twenty. Then what was you? <laughs> <laughs> mm, Twelve. Have it. Where is it? I got a twenty though. Once everybody's done rolling, I'll go through and, and let let y'all know who knows what. You said knowledge and what else? Uh, religion. Religion. Knowledge, or a, if anybody has a cult, if anybody took a cult and specialized. That's why it's not arcane. What's it called? Ah. Maddie, I might change your name to X for this purpose, just so Matt G doesn't get confused. Okay. All right, so is that everybody? We got our rolls in? I think so. All right, let's see. Who knows what? Uh, wow. Ravy has some serious history knowledge. Yeah, Ravy's killing it. Oh, she's a librarian. What do you expect? Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. it's it's over 20 is what you guys needed, and it looks like she's the only one that came up with any of it. She is the smart one. She is. Yeah. So I'm going to... I know a lot of games do secret messages and notes and, and stuff like that. You guys are all adults. I love you to pieces already. This is an amazing party and I'm having a blast. I'm just going to tell you what you know and then you can choose to tell the party what you want them to know or say, yeah, I tell them everything or whatever. However you want to spin it and then I trust everybody not to metagame and we'll just go from there. Cool beans? Cool. Got it. Awesome. Okay. So you know through your, your vast studies... Uh, that there is a small passage in a book called the Book of Seven Coins. And it's a study of pit lords and demon kings. Uh, and it makes mention, yeah, a little bit of a change of uh, tone, huh? Uh, it's a study of pit lords and demon kings. And it makes mention of an archduke of the pit who calls itself the Lord of Chains. Now, uh, you're also to your knowledge, there are at least six uh, fire beards and at least three eaters of eyes. So, you know, there's, there's you know, six different demons that call themselves, you know, blah, 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 the fire beard. And there's three different demons that call themselves blah, 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 eater of eyes. And, you know, one of them's kicker of babies. Uh, so, you know, you're not sure uh, with all of these titles, um, if any of them have any connection to something extra planar or, you know, if it's just the nature of history and oratory tradition and writing crap down and getting confused when a giant demon is staring at you from a summoning circle and you're trying to parlay with it, uh, you know, if, if somebody maybe got something wrong. But there is definitely a precedent for uh, demons calling themselves uh, the Lord of Chains. And it certainly isn't as high of a precedent as other uh, more grandiose titles. All right, I'm going to tell everyone everything that I know from my my studies. Um, as far as when you say not as grandiose 
Uh, are you meaning that it's a lesser? Definitely, as okay. opposed to breaker of worlds or render of flesh, or but still a lord of the pit. But, but definitely a lord, not not okay. a demon. So I'm going to call for everyone to come into the main room, as we need to have a talk. And I'm also going to ask this young man, what else is going on? Are you familiar with possession? Yes. Okay. Well, this is nothing like the typical sort of possession that we're used to seeing in the monastery and we're called out to when a child is misbehaving or a grandmother has kind of gone slightly senile and they think that the spirits have taken her, but really she just needs to find a comfortable place to sit and read. Um, Focus. Sorry. The child that is possessed seems totally fine with being the host for this entity. Uh, And for all intents and purposes, the entity is quite polite. It's caused no trouble. Well, this one time it manifested a flaming whip to strike a a roguish youth who was tossing a moldy apple at Lady Hannah. Uh, That's the Duke's daughter, by the way. Although, uh, when Lady Hannah protested uh, about the display of violence, uh, Hagrid, the Lord of Chains, seemed very apologetic and, uh, and promised not to lash out again. Uh, but other than that, um, Hagrid's, you know, takes dinner with the family. Um, he seems to be very protective of Lady Hannah, and um, he's been asking uh, for for you all um, for some time. He, he's talking about some sort of dark entity coming from beyond time and space. Something about a something about a great door being unlocked uh, in some sort of uh, city of perpetual twilight. And he said you would know what it was talking about. Hold up. You're saying you're breaking bread with a demon that's asked for us by name. Yeah? Yes. Is this the guy is this the guy we put away twenty years ago? No. No. And I already checked and this dude doesn't have a fever. Nope. I mean, it's a very polite lord, so... But it's also clinging to the daughter. And I don't like the idea of a demon possessing a child. I don't like an idea of a demon knowing who we are. How does the demon know who we are is the question. Exactly. And do we re- Do you guys remember a door in that mine we rescued everybody from? Yeah, we went in a door to get into the mine, I suppose. I remember a lot of things in there and none of it was good. It was a long time ago. So do we need to go downstairs and check if the door is open? If we do, I don't know if we should bring this guy with us. Well, I believe what Gregory is saying here is that Mr... Master of Chains? Lord of Chains? Hagrid, the Lord of Chains. Hagrid, the Lord of Chains. Mr. Hagrid, the Lord of Chains, is saying that the door will open. Not that it has opened. So I think we maybe need to go speak with Hagrid. The Lord of Chains. I'm sorry, Mr. Hagrid, the Lord of Chains. And see what he, she, it knows. Ravy. Have you heard of, in all your readings, have you heard of the City of Perpetual Twilight? A bit. I can roll on that, because I study that pretty deeply. Uh, That's part of why I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
Uh, Anton, would you like a roll for that? I'm not even going to ask for a roll. Okay. I would say that that would be like asking me uh, about Maya. <laughs> general, is... general knowledge yeah, abundance. Um, okay. So the um, little backstory for, the, for our listeners. Uh, the, uh, the City of Perpetual Twilight is another name for a fabled city carved out of star stones. Um, now, when the ogre uh, brought his knoll band in and uh, subjugated the entire town of Cinderfall, what they were mining was star stone, and they came upon a city that was completely carved out of star stone. And it was very disorienting to look at because the uh, star, what star stone is, is it's a black ore that um, looks a lot like obsidian, but it is littered with small pinpricks of uh, bioluminescent light that run through it, which give it the appearance of staring into a night sky with absolutely no light pollution. Now, if you can imagine an entire city, every surface in the city looking like the night sky, you can imagine that it would be incredibly disorienting to look at. And our party, in their younger years, as they were trying to rescue the, the people of, of Cinderfall, um, had to take some time to move through the city. And uh, as they were you know, con- having a conflict with the two-headed ogre um, who had run the, the Knoll group, uh, he was making a study of a large door that was carved out of star stone that depicted seven dragons. Um, and, and that door was massive. And looking at it made you queasy and uncomfortable because, once again, staring into the infinity of space in tangible form where the stars are all kind of moving as if you're looking at the surface of a city skyline can be incredibly disorientating. Uh, disorienting, sorry. That was a weird word. Disorientating. Uh, so everybody, when you, when you guys kind of left and brought the people out, um, kind of boarded up the mine and nobody goes up there wildlife doesn't really like to go up there nothing really likes to be there because it's uncomfortable to just be around uh so you would know uh that that a city of perpetual twilight would would clearly be what he's talking about is this city uh that was carved out underneath the you know this fabled monastery where you guys have have tread before and we would we when he said the name the word great door that was probably the first thing that popped in our head too. Yeah, all of you probably hearkened back to that. I'm just gonna throw this out there, guys. You don't get the title Master of Chains for hanging flower baskets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless so it's way perceived. Could be as it could be his hobby though. I'm just saying we should proceed with caution. If we do decide to take the uh, Duke the uh, the Duke up on his invitation. I think that maybe uh, some of us should go check to make sure the mine is still sealed before we leave the vicinity. Yeah, I feel very uncomfortable leaving this community when something could be happening with that city. As do I. It's a two-week journey if we go with how long it took uh, Gregory to get there. That's an awful long time. I say we decline the invitation. And stay here and investigate ourselves. Yes. Well, where would where would the the mind be in relation to what direction we need to travel with Gregory? Two weeks north, and 
you guys know that it's only about a week's travel east to get to the city. So the mine is two weeks away, but the city is one week away. Yes. Not exactly a stop off. No. And not, yeah. That would be a really roundabout way to get there. I say we go to the city. Yeah, the city of perpetual twilight, as we now know. Oh, no, I meant the, the city with Peroni? the Peroni? Yes. But then we leave everyone here and risk in danger. Yeah. We've got pigs and wedge. I was going to ask nice. about that. <laughs> I wouldn't leave Biggs and Wedge to watch my cat. <laughs> uh, just they a... lost that one dog. <laughs> and we <laughs> all remember. It was only missing one leg. <laughs> just not, it. not trying to sway your decision in any way. Because like I said, this is your game. You guys go where you want to go. There has been nothing happening around the town, in the town, in at least the last 10 years. There hasn't been attacks from wild animals. There hasn't been any kind of uh, brigands or trouble. It almost seems as if trouble avoids this place, um, as almost as if the whole place is charmed and things just stay away from here. So keep keep that in mind as well. The The idea of something attacking this town not, you know, not not something you're you you think about so, regularly, which is why this is really alarming. Right. So if Ravi has a better map than Gregory here, we can get to the city. We can get to Veroni much faster than the two weeks it took him, and we can get to the city and back in the same amount of time it would take something to get from the mines down here. Maybe we should gauge. Gregory's reaction to us knowing the location of the city of Twilight. Try and find out a bit more why he's looking. Well, he's looking for it. It's been mentioned from a demon that's trying to find us. As a warning. Just a little girl. As a warning and a request for help. But it's still a demon possessing the little girl. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Hell of a conundrum, like, huh? Gregory, how is the family like stabbing you in the hood and asking if you want to buy some cookies? Right, exactly. <laughs> Gregory also said that he drew the short straw to get the staff from the church, correct? Yes. So there are other people out looking for us. Are you get, Are you asking him? Because you guys said you went downstairs. Well, didn't he say that? Yes, didn't yes, he, he did say, say that. that. Yeah. Uh, let me get. Ravy, let me let me get you to throw an int check for me. Okay. It's it's more one of those his and map is out of date, but the distance between point A and point B hasn't changed that much. So Yeah, I know I can't take everyone through a dimension door with me, so I'm kind of right. like <laughs> <sighs> think of it this way, guys. If we've got a demon who clearly knows us by name and knows our location, doesn't quite know where C is, we're staying here might cause more of a problem for the town than us not staying there. That feels like a, a, an accurate summation of your paranoia, definitely. And if one idiot could find us, there's no telling how many other idiots could. 
Well, especially because if you consider he drew the short straw. Yeah. Listen to how talkative he is. Yeah. Yeah, we may be worrying about more than just those people that had the longer straws. I. Great. The more, the the more I think about. And they know we know where it is. If we go to the city, they might come back to the city and not head to the town. That feels like an accurate summation of possibility as well. If we were to leave, I would want to tell um, everyone in our community not to uh, give any information about the city that's in the mine. I mean, they were all there too, right? Or mo- mm-hmm. a lot, a good. Mo- yeah, portion. they were captured I mean, down there. They were That's captured there. Yeah. 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 And since we don't want to like split, I'm sure we could help them that way anyway. I'd say we make them say we've been gone a while. Sounds like you guys have formulated a pretty solid plan. I'll start shooting the horses. <laughs> Are we dragging him back with us? Definitely. Oh, I yeah, we don't... Him. I don't we want to get near the mine. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a bad idea. Plus, I want to know more about this ward or whatever it is. I want to see in action how he's avoiding contamination. It I would say... Help, if, it may help us. I would say of everything, that's the most interesting factor is how the hell is this idiot survived all of the crap that's happening? Yes, because he very much so is an idiot. Yes. <laughs> well, I rolled intelligence point. to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we needed to roll to figure that out. <laughs> so, uh, so I, mean, I know we've been out of the game for a while, but I'm guessing you guys hopefully know a little bit about uh, exorcism because it might come down to that. A bit. I have books. I'd, I'd pack them. <laughs> so right. I feel we're going to be walking into a trap, so it's uh, it's good to have a, a kind of game plan when we go in there. I'll bring my best spells. So the, I'm, I'm guessing the plan is now to uh, to kind of get your stuff together and prepare to uh, to head out yeah. with uh, with Father yeah. Gregory. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm so still trying town. to figure out how this man got the name Father Gregory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine his sermons are very long. Oh, <laughs> days. So it's probably it's probably like when you see the Mormons passing out religion uh, material. You know, they're all they all have the sign that said the name place says Elder. They're usually like 16 years old. 12. Hello. Yeah, they get it at 12. Yeah. <laughs> I am Father Gregory, and I have come to read the word. <sighs> okay, so, gear time. Uh, yeah. Everybody who... Uh, yeah, and, and this is something I was discussing with the PCs earlier. You guys have lived in this town forever. There's not a whole lot outside of, you know, greater magical items that you don't have access to. Uh, you know, any weapons you guys pick up are going to be at least plus two. Um, you know, anything that you're going to get armor-wise is going to be at least plus one. Everything's going to be at least masterwork. Uh, and you're going to be able to pretty much kit yourself out with base-level everything. So, 
you know, gear wise, if you need anything that you might consider um, out of the ordinary or strange, or if you have an item that you would like that may have a certain effect uh, or attribute or property, uh, let me know and we'll figure out exactly how what it is and stat it. And that's going to be how it works because you've been around in a town and your houses are all less than a five minute walk away. So you're going to have all your stuff. It's not like you're going to, you know, Trader Schmoes and, uh, and, and picking up stuff on the road. You're going to have, you know, fittings. You've had a lifetime to collect crap. So you're going to have it, you know? I'd be happy to sharpen anyone's swords since they've been sitting around unused for so long. What can you... What, uh, Ogan, what can you do about, uh, that <laughs> with my claws? What can I Is there do some... about it? No, oh, not no, no, I'm sorry. No, uh, you got it right. Oh, I did? Okay. I think, I think I might be able to help you. Yeah. We'll stop. We can stop at my, uh, we can stop at my, uh, my smithy on the way. Um, yeah. if I can, uh, sharpen or enhance them in any way for you. Okay. Oh, does that not have stats yet? Let me go. Can put I that ask how many tomes is too many tomes? I'll gladly help carry uh, your medical books that might relate to that relate to the sickness. Absolutely, my entire stockhold is always at your hand. Thank you. You're always so kind. Now, who wants to carry forty-six books? <laughs> oh, well, there's there's at least a, a handy haversack that you could stuff those all in. Yay! Yeah, you could you could carry a library with you, no problem. Then I'm very happy because I will be doing that. So everybody is getting geared up. Um, yeah. Is there anything strange or out of the ordinary anybody might want? I want uh, possession armor. Some anti-possession armor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be possible, to be completely honest with you. Some um, holy water would be good to bring. Is that a thing in Pathfinder? That is. I have bl- I have blessed as a spell. I could bless any uh, any items or anything that we need to make holy. So, so, let's so see. Anton, what yep. can be done about my claws? That's my, besides my uh, dagger, that's my main weapons, and they do zero damage. Well, I think that you could probably do some uh, the equivalent of like a chainmail glove. Okay. Be, um, kind of like uh, if you made it out of mithril, mm-hmm. would more than likely give you at least, I would say, a D8 damage. Okay. Uh, plus one hit, one D8 damage. Okay. Um, now, in lieu of a a rod or a staff. I think I've picked up a thick cudgel Okay. in my journeys. I don't know what that can do as far as like a focus or a... As far as spell casting? Yeah, as far as spell casting. Well, I think if, uh, if you fitted it with uh, some obsidian uh, rings, um, mm-hmm. kind of like put jointed rings down the length of it, uh, not only would it look like something you'd buy out of uh, one of those seedy stores, uh, that you know that sells the the, the lingerie and whatnot, but uh, I think it would probably also give you um, a plus five uh, to concentration for casting. Okay. 
And you said so plus two to the mithril, mithril glove, right? Indeed. Yep. Okay. Thank you. That's a D8. And a D8. I'm looking at armor right now. Mativius, what kind of armor do you wear? Uh, standard kind of like samurai armor. All right. So let's see. Oh, is that one glove or two? One on each hand. But do you have, uh, can you attack? I have multi-attack. I have, okay. I have two attacks with my claws. Okay, excellent. Then yeah, that would work for one on each hand. So, um, Mativius, there's a, there's a type of armor that looks like it can be constructed that's going to give you a plus nine to your AC. Cool. Um, and uh, your max dex bonus, though, uh, is going to only be a plus four in it. But what it will do is um, any entropic effects that would, uh, would affect you, so as if a specter... Uh, or unseen force from the ethereal plane was trying to pass through you, uh, it will block them from doing so. Sounds good. And now, now this isn't going to help you if something's coming at you from the elemental plane of shadow or the pit or somewhere like that, but let's say a ghost gets, uh, gets in its mind to attack you with a ghostly saber or some such, as opposed to it ignoring your armor to just strike directly into your flesh. Your armor has a uh, the, the protective properties that will keep it from uh, from damaging you. Sounds good. Awesome. Let's see where we are at. So you said uh, that we have we have masterwork stuff, but not necessarily magical. Plus twos. You can't get anything over plus two. Plus two. Okay. Yep. Thanks. I uh, I gave my hammer a name. So. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to at least give something. I still have my short sword. I know that one's plus three, so should I change that to plus no. two? No. Okay. You're sure. Uh, there, are, there are some PCs that have items. There are some PCs who have okay. items that are waiting for them. You're you're good. You got. I mean, okay. you can get other stuff, but that's... Yeah. Oh, don't mess with that. Yeah, that's the Lonius. I love him. Don't yeah. worry. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was pretty interested since the Order of well, the scribes of Solaris haven't mentioned any such place in a very long time. Also, their books are being redone, and I'm wondering by who exactly. That, those are in. Those are good questions, because correspondence between you and Ebonflow have uh, have not said anything about that. Am I allowed? Uh, I would like before we leave, since we're getting ready. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I have my uh, spectral, uh, my spectral version of the bird that I use to communicate. Right. Can I send them a letter before I leave? You can. Okay. It's not going to be instantaneous. And no, it is not. Right. <laughs> it, takes, <laughs> it takes days for the bird to return. I know. Right. This. And you'll be traveling, so the bird will be trying to make its way to you as you guys travel. It's a great town. It's an ideal town. You have a very intelligent smith who's worked a very long time on a lot of creative projects, but there's certain types of anvils and materials and whatnot that just aren't available. Okay. Now, is any of the star stone left over from the mining and everything? There's plenty of it. There's lots of star stone, but your uh, your experiments with it, star stone's really difficult to work with because star stone does something that no other ore does. It absorbs sound to the degree that it will completely remove it 
to anything that's around it. So, I mean, like, on top of that, trying to work with it um, using sight is, is kind of hard because it's like staring into space and trying to hammer space into uh, a, a form. Right. So it's, you know, um, it's, it's very difficult to work with. You, you have some, you've managed to make, uh, I would say, sheets, uh, maybe bars of it. Um, yeah, but not, yeah. like, not like a crossbow bolt or right. anything it's, like that. Okay. It's just difficult. Even, even going back and forth and looking through the library that's here, because there is actually a pretty expansive library in Cinderville. Uh, looking through the library that's here, the lore on it is such that you're kind of still in the process of trying to figure out exactly what the hell it is. Because it's there's there's never in in any written word that you guys have seen been this much of it in one place. You know, people are used to having it in you know taking years and years and years for somebody to craft a crown of it, or someone to craft uh, you know uh, an elves would craft a ring out of it. Uh, they wouldn't even enchant. It would just be because if you if you cast a spell at it and it has any semantic components, there's no sound. Mm-hmm. So the, the words of the spell can't bind to something that can't receive the spell. Right. So it's, 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 it's almost impossible to work with. It's just this very odd thing that happens. Do we have actual currency of the realm to take with us to town? I mean, Cinderfall is, is pretty much worked exclusively on a barter system. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot of trading and stuff that goes on. There's not a lot of heavy ore as far as like gold and silver, uh, copper. Um, you guys have brass, you guys have copper, but it's it's more the currency gets traded through the city and then kind of it changes hands again. It, it, it's more of a formality than anything. Everybody gotcha. just kind of relies on each other. So, you know, uh, anything that you could take for barter, um, masterwork daggers, uh, pieces of armor, uh, herbs, wines, teas, things like that. That would be the kind of stuff that, you know, maybe you could take and trade. But as far as currency, you don't know what the currency of the realm is because you guys don't really have that much interaction with other places. All right. I'd like to bring some of my um, bee, cake, bee pollen cakes and honey and tinctures. Totally doable. I'll take a bow and some arrows as well. I'm going to take some time uh, while I'm in my shop and uh, honing everything. I'm going to take a few moments to pray to the Silver City. Okay. And uh, try to seek guidance from my deity. You, you get, you get tingles. That that vibration, um, it comes to you. It's as if something's off, and it's not something that's directed at a person or a place or a feeling. It's just as if the air around you the reality itself is humming it's 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 as if reality is alive as if the air is electric um and it it lasts through the entire time that you're praying and you feel more connected to the silver city than you've ever felt before um you feel more empowered more enlightened i'm even going to go as far as saying that all of your spells uh your clerical spells for the next 24 hours are going to get a plus one. Oh, great. You feel, you feel almost imbued 
I don't know when the next time I'm going to see a forge is, and that's really the way that I'm able to, to like connect with my gods. So you don't have a traveling forge? Uh, do I? I think, I think you have a traveling forge. <laughs> I think you do. Yeah. I think okay, because I mean, the the from the description you gave me, the 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 deity like speaks through the actual like forging and metal, like the sounds and, and right. sights of of the forge. So. So what I think is uh, the back part of your traveling pack would actually fold down and you would be able to uh, attach bellows and a coal pit to it and forge while on the road. Okay. Even if it's just small stuff, you know, but I think you'd be able to work while you're traveling. I also want to um, talk to Ashra and uh, prepare her and get, get her up to date. She's a, a capable hag as well. Okay. I feel like she's going to be a little bit worried. Uh, understand why you're going. Get that there's a child involved. Uh, and I think she's understanding. If I, I mean, I, I would assume the character would kind of play that way. Uh, yeah. She, she'd be very and and actually having her here uh, makes me feel better about us leaving too. Well, there's a keep an eye on the town. There's a couple of women who are pregnant, so it's good that somebody's still here to make sure. Yeah. And you're only going to be gone a week, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a week there and a week back, so at least two. Oh, weeks. So two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. That's. Just... Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> are there any books that I have in particular for Ogan that deal with this Lord of Chains that might be helpful? Uh, there, literally, the passage I gave you was was all you found in all of this time. Okay. And I'm really impressed that your roll was high enough that you were able to find that. Because that's some he's obscure as hell. <laughs> no pun intended. No, I literally <laughs> amused me once it came out of my mouth. That was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, you guys, uh, go ahead. Once I've collected everything, kind of look through my book, my spell book just to see if there's anything I can gleam or... Throw me a 20. Just a 20? A D20, yeah. Just roll a D20. Uh, Look at the side of your screen. There should be some icons, like an arrow and a square. Top left. Yes. Top left. If you go down, there's a D20 on it. <laughs> Click it, and it'll open up dice. 16. All right. Let me look at my chart. You have a chart. Ooh. Ooh. One yes or no question. Go. So lucky. <laughs> oh no, my god, this says clang, clang. <laughs> <laughs> clang, clang, clang on the door. What does it mean? <laughs> Knock a little louder. <laughs> your mind is starting to fray. Will we face any danger from the Lord of Chains? No. That was your yes or no question. All right. Do you tell us? Yeah. Well, I don't. So, well, hold on. I, I think I would phrase it as. Places. Where is Gregory? He's still in that. He's probably still in my place <laughs> as I'm like wandering around and <laughs> collecting stuff. I, uh, I left Biggs and Wedge 
with him before okay. I went to grab him. Occasionally, <laughs> I, was... I forget he's there, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, now we need to go pack. Goodbye. <laughs> I feel like Matthias oh. wouldn't just leave his ass by himself. <laughs> uh, I, I before I, because I went and got Biggs and Wedge. Right. And uh, this sitting with him kind of thing. That's awesome. Okay. Are you, are you familiar with the game Ball and Cup? There's <laughs> a ball sure. attached to the cup with a I'm string. I'm sure Priscilla, my place, I've like sicked him on the two of them, not physically, but like, hey, tell them the story about, you know, how you became a father. He doesn't yeah. stop. He Can does, I ask, just... is there a book about Veroni that I can read? Uh, yes. Uh, do I need to roll for this one? Or you would have the book, and I will give you information as you travel okay. if you study it like every night or what have yes. you. Okay, that's how we'll pick it up. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna pick it up and start reading it. Obviously, it's not one that I've read to date so far, right. and obviously, it only goes up to a certain point in history and then also, stops. Yes. So, I, I realize this. So, awesome. It was, uh, it was originally a port town. Uh, and it was a, it was created as a uh, as a commune uh, communal city between sea elves and uh, and the lowland uh, human communities that were in the area who were fishermen and uh, together they kind of uh, formed this community a port community that, that, that largely existed off of fishing uh, and oiling and trade so it became um, very much like a, a hub people would come in and out of it. Pretty much it was a city that would prosper when cities became walled cities because it had ocean access, pretty much. Exactly. Alright. Cool. So that's all you know for now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say everybody's got their stuff and you all kind of reconvene. And what are we doing with Gregory? He's coming with us. Do we have a magic muzzle for Gregory? (laughs) (laughs) I actually, yes. (laughs) <laughs> what do you have a saltwater taffy <laughs> oh I could just give him honey eat this oh this is delicious <laughs> this is delicious are these fingers <laughs> you're looking good Gregory eat your fingers <laughs> so uh so you guys reconvene now now here's the thing there's there's a little bit of information travel on horseback uh, or mounted animal is difficult over open land for a couple of reasons. A little bit of backstory for our listeners. The plague uh, made wild spaces wilder. It made animals a little bit harder to control. If you mount horses and leave uh, areas that are free of the plague, animals are more susceptible to the effects than people are. Now that isn't to say that that sentient life won't, you know, be affected by it and gain the sickness and things will happen, but animals are incredibly more affected by it, you know, hundreds of percent more affected by it. So let us say that you were riding a horse and while you may not feel any adverse effects, a few bits of pollen were to get into said horse's nose, that horse would all of a sudden uh, start to revert to a more primal state which means it would stop listening to commands and it might throw you and it might try to step on your head. Uh, So it makes it a little harder for people to travel on traveling animals. Uh, It's just kind of something to be aware of. So I'm assuming with you guys knowing that you'll be traveling on foot. 
which is also why Father Gregory was traveling on foot because people don't really travel on, uh, on, on animals at this point in time in mind. Okay. Okay. Sounds awesome. fun. So you guys kind of, you gather together and, and the town actually shows up to see you off and they're very excited, you know, and they're like, oh man, this is so great. And you, you, you always said that you wanted to, to go an adventure and we know it never happened. And now you're getting to go on an adventure and they're all very excited for you. They're very happy for you. Kind of sad to see you go. Um, they're there and, uh, and you know and you guys all feel a little bit more peppy you feel like uh, yeah we're, we're gonna go on an adventure this is gonna be cool it'll be quick we're gonna go to the city we're gonna come back we're gonna figure out what the hell is going on with the Lord of Chains um, you know but TV's a little little paranoid about the entire situation he's like I don't trust any of this bullshit <laughs> this all sounds like a trap to me he's act barring it the whole way um, which, is, which is actually probably for the best um you know, and you guys are, uh, you guys, are, you're ready. And you're going to ask Nida to bring some of that uh, that tincture that I use for my back now and again when I work in the forge too long, because I'm definitely going to be needing it on this trip. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I already have some in the bag. <laughs> and I brought a few potions of pep. <laughs> we'll we'll keep Gregory away from those. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's the yeah. last thing he needs. Yeah. We could just, oh, <laughs> we'll just force a few down his throat and... <laughs> So it's, he'll, he'll, he'll tucker himself out. So it's almost uh, it's almost awkward as you as you leave the city and you guys you know you kind of you're walking, um, and you're walking away from it. It's kind of it's kind of I wouldn't say disappearing like in a vanishing sort of way, but as horizons do, it's it's getting closer to the horizon, and as hills do, they rise and fall. And and this city that you guys have kind of stayed in for for what seems like the better part of your lives is now out of view and you're you're traveling and you're on this adventure and it's everybody's kind of solemn but you know Gregory's full of joy and he's very excited and it just feels very strange setting out uh, again you know this is this is weird um, every 20 minutes or so Father Gregory is stopping to inspect something uh, a flower uh, a butterfly uh, you know a piece of dirt um the, the road is not a dusty one. It's barely a road. It's kind of more of a path uh, because there's not a lot of people who travel. So there's not a, there's not a lot of groupings that we go through here. Um, and, you know, and he's picking up things and asking you, what do you call this? And it's, uh, anybody want to throw me a knowledge, uh, knowledge nature? Yes. All right. It's ragweed. Anybody that got above 12, it's it's ragweed. All right, tell him. Okay, so the minute you tell him what it is, you are now his go-to person. Great, great. So every... I didn't make that arcane control. <laughs> I did not either. Every 20 minutes, he's he's running back to you with something he's found. Piece of bark. Uh, yeah, piece of rock. Piece of grass. It's just gonna very, be a long walk. It is very. Oh, it's it's. That's tree jerky. <laughs> so uh, he's, I take the bark and I just lob it as far as I can. Wow, so you're a really good thrower. You threw that really far. <laughs> um, I've never been outside of a walled city. He tells you guys, it's so, it's so wild out here. It's so big. Uh, we don't get plants like this. Uh, 
my family hasn't left the walls in, in a few generations now. And uh, I mean, with the great plague and all, and, and, you know, my dad and his job and my mom and her forge, uh, you know, and I'm the youngest of four. My older sisters, they're knights. I've told you about them. They're knights. Uh, I cast this and ask him to just give us a moment of quiet. Okay. Will that work? <laughs> I, ha- I have a spell of silence if you need it. <laughs> It makes a, sp- a creature more charitable and compelled to aid others. Um, yeah, sure. I think that would work. Okay. So yeah, he'll he'll quiet down. So he's more acceptable to tell us the truth now. Yeah. Okay. I uh, ask him. What, what, can you tell me more information about this uh, Lord of Chains and why you guys seem to be so chummy with a demon? Oh, well, I, I, I thought it was the strangest thing myself. He, he showed up uh, to the city. Uh, one day, this, this, this small girl, uh, she came to, to the Duke's palace, and she said that uh, she was there to speak with the Duke, and the guards laughed at her, and, uh, and she knocked them down, um, but didn't kill them. Uh, one of their legs, I believe, got broken, and she walked inside of the, the, the palace, and she said, um, I'm here to speak with the Duke, and everybody got very scared. And, uh, and the Duke's daughter, uh, she, she kind of walked up to uh, the little girl and, uh, and Lady Hannah, she's fearless, Lady Hannah. Lady Hannah said, uh, why are you here? And she said, I need to speak with the Duke. And Lady Hannah said, well, I'll get him. And she went and got her dad and she brought him back and uh, they had a conversation. And after the conversation, um, the Duke said, you know, to this little girl, uh, to, to Hagrid, the Lord of Chains, as she likes to be called, that she could live um, in in the palace until they found you guys, and uh, that's when he called uh, the the archbishop, and the archbishop called uh, all of us uh, to to the palace, and they said we have to go out into the wild and look for these people, and everybody's been searching for months and months and months and months and months, and finally uh, they started running out of people because they weren't coming back, and so they finally sent me. And I found you, so everybody's going to be really surprised that I found you because they thought I would never come back either. Quick, quick, quick. So this little girl wasn't part of the sea, no family in the sea, come from out of the wilds to the sea? Yes. Okay. This is sounding worse and worse. Indeed. (laughs) Not that it sounded great to begin with. Want me to cast Charitable Impulse again? If it's sounding worse and worse, I can ask him to be quiet again. <laughs> oh, that's not the problem. <laughs> it's putting this together as to why the Duke wants us to show up for a demon child. Yeah. So it was the Duke it. that asked for us, not Hagrid. What was that? It was the Duke that asked for us, not Hagrid. The Duke sent us out to find you, but Hagrid, the Lord of Chains, asked for you all by name. Huh. Have you interacted with Hagrid? A couple of times. She's very sweet. I'm going to sense mo- motive to see if okay. being truthful. Very truthful. And how does the... Uh... <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> How does the Duke and his family feel about this Lord of the Pit living with them? Well, the Duke seems to understand that Hagrid is there because something bad is coming. And whatever it is must be pretty bad if it's got a Lord of Chains that scared. 
So he says that it's better to keep her in the palace and find out what you guys have to do with all of this before we decide what we're going to do to the city. Uh, has there been discussion about ideas of what to do about the city? Well, they're talking about rewalling it, uh, closing the main gates again, and going back on shutdown, because whatever is coming, uh, even if it's worse than the plague, they rolled out the plague inside the city, so they might be able to roll out, ride out whatever's coming. But Hagrid says whatever's coming will open every door. Raven, have you, have you read anything about helpful demons before? No. Why this happening? <laughs> Unprecedented on every conceivable level. I mean, it's sounding more and more like enemy of my enemy kind of thing. I don't know. I think the enemy of our enemy might be the Duke siding with the demon. What's that called? And he's, uh, he's pointing off into the distance. Uh, what does the, it look like? The sky. The sky. <laughs> He's pointing at a, a large stag that seems to be standing in a clearing. Uh, probably, I would say, a good 200 feet from you guys. How does the stag look? Does it look healthy? Uh, you want to throw a perception check for me? Sure. I don't see anything except... That <sighs> The knowledge of nature is a beautiful thing. God. That's a hell of a roll, my aunt. Twice. Jeez. Accidentally. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, it, it looks off. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's antlers. Are, uh, they're strange. They look like rotting tree bark. Uh, its lips are, are kind of emaciated. Its jaw seems to be a little bit slack and, and wide. Uh, I, I tell everybody that uh, this appears to be a stag infected with the sickness. No, it doesn't look like the sickness. It looks like something completely different. Oh, really? Yeah, this looks like something you haven't seen before. This is weird. If there was a term, this looks alien to you, this looks alien to you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I tell everybody that. Uh, yes, it is It is watching you guys. It is actually starting to slowly make its way towards you. I slowly uh, put my hand on my sword, ready to draw. It's uh, about 100 feet from you guys, and you see that uh, its flanks have uh, eye-like growths on it. And as it's getting a little closer, those aren't growths. It's got eyes growing out of its flesh. It's uh throw a shield up. Yeah. I don't have a book about this. <laughs> Diagnosed disease. Um okay. supernatural effects even causing the sickness? Yeah, it's definitely supernatural. Can I cast a spell magic? What's the range? Uh, that's a good question. Usually around 60 feet, right? That's what I thought. And it's still pretty far off. It's a big yeah. boy, too. Yeah, you said it's about 100 feet away. Yeah. It's, it's currently about 80. 
Um, I'm gonna pull out a book. <laughs> it's all magic. My spells it's, uh, are. It's uh, it's a uh, hundred, it's a hundred feet uh, base range with uh, ten feet per level, so it'd make it hundred and seventy feet. Yeah, you can hit it with the spell magic. Uh, okay, I do so. Okay. I don't know if that's gonna work. We can try. She uh, okay, so. Isla's got a shield up. Uh, dispel magic goes off. You don't feel like it has any effect on it. Um, I'm going to give everybody one more action, and then some shit's going to hit the fan. Blindness, blindness on it, on all it, on its entire body. All right, what's my save? Fortitude. And, and it would be a 19 because I have the plus two to saving throws for necrotic damage. Didn't save. Not even close. So it is It is definitely blind. Okay. Uh, it is now... Okay, so one action for everybody. So that was yours. What are you doing, Jim? I just cast Dispel Magic. I thought that was my... No, you get one more action. It didn't work. It didn't work. Gonna ready ready my Warhammer, I guess. Okay. I'm going to draw my short sword. Okay. I'm going to grab Gregory by the back of his shirt and just sort of gently pull him behind the people with the melee weapon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's Mativius doing? I draw splinter. All right. So these these weapons start coming out. Uh, bursts of of Austrian energy starts rippling off of these magical items. Everybody's kind of getting ready. The stag just starts running towards you guys. You can watch uh, bits of its its flanks start to split open. Uh, the, the, it's bellowing as parts of his skin are just kind of tearing away. Thick black tentacles of oily meat start to slither out of these gashing wounds on its side, and its its mouth is opening larger than expected. And you hear a high pitched scream, and Father Gregory is so scared that he passes out. Uh, well, at least you don't have to worry about him running into battle and getting killed. <laughs> or talking. Yes, or that. <laughs> and this, this beast rears in and gets ready to attack. We'll see you all next time. Ah. Oh. <laughs>